You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Next week, we'll mark the 50th anniversary of the uprising in the summer of 1967 here in Detroit. This weekend, the Detroit Institute of Arts will open its newest exhibit, Art of Rebellion, Black Art of the Civil Rights Movement. The exhibit features black American artists of the 60s and 70s whose work was influenced by political and social movements of that era. The exhibit opens on Sunday and it runs through October. Joining me now to talk about the exhibit is Valerie Mercer, curator of Art of Rebellion, Black Art of the Civil Rights Movement at the Detroit Institute of Arts. Valerie, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. So everybody, all the institutions around town, I think, are looking back uh, on Sunday or next week uh, or in the next couple of weeks, really, to 50 years ago and the things that that, that happened. It makes total sense that uh, the DIA, such an important institution here in the city, would also do that. Uh, Talk to me about how you put together, though, this, this idea of art of rebellion and looking back at that entire era of uh, of art during uh, this tumultuous time in American history? Sure. Um, the exhibition is organized around the um, artist collectives, about five of those who are in the, uh, the artists are represented in the collection, in the exhibition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I consider these artists the first uh, African-American artists who dealt so directly with the social, political, and racial concerns mm-hmm. that affected their people and them too. Uh, that's one reason why they got involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have a section, uh, Detroit and a few of its artists, and then another section on subsequent um, generations of African-American artists who were influenced by the collectives and their work as well was devoted to social and political concerns, all the way up to today with um, Mario Moore, Detroit mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. Uh, Titus Kafar, and um, Adam Pendleton show, show, showing expressing their concerns for the Black Lives Matter movement because all these are connected. Yeah, uh, talk about the different uh, the different media that will be in, the mediums that we're that, that oh, sure. we're talking about here. It's a variety of media, uh, uh, perhaps mostly paintings, um, prints, sculpture, as well as a large installation piece, a wall piece by Adam Pendleton uh-huh. that. Uh, has the theme Black Lives Matter yeah. that's at the end of the show. Yeah, and so it, it does sort of cast forward to right. the modern incarnation of this kind of this kind of art. Yeah, you know, these artists who uh, chose to, um, one could say, uh, uh, act rebellious mm-hmm. by focusing <laughs> on these issues. But these issues, of course, were, were uh, crucial for African-Americans. And they didn't want to just stand on the sidelines. You know, they really wanted to be involved. Of course, the the, um, civil rights movement and the black power movement emboldened them to do this as well. Yeah. Uh, And and if you look around Detroit today, I feel like you you do see echoes of that drive, of that dynamic in all kinds of art. Especially, I feel like, street art here. Oh yeah, reflects that really well. I do think a lot of artists today focus on social and political concerns Mm -hmm. because 
they, they mainly want to express the time in which they live and the issues that are important for uh, for them as well as, you know, their families and, you know, people in this country and, and throughout the world. Yeah. So there is a lot of that kind of uh, social and political oriented work today. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about the museum 50 years ago. Uh, yes. The museum was a super important institution in the city at that point. The uprising happens. Was there an artistic response by the museum at that point to the things that happened, or was it sort of no, pushed to the uh, back? No, and that would be typical for any museum in the country, yeah. any of the mainstream museums in uh-huh. the country. Uh, that None of that happened. Everybody was, of course, quite frightened. Um, and and we know that these riots or rebellions occurred during the 60s and 70s all over the country. Sure. Uh, and um, there, there definitely were issues with a lot of the mainstream museums. They didn't give many opportunities at that time to African-American artists. And I think a lot of them uh, were especially um, uncomfortable yeah. with political work. Um, that fortunately has changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of uh, those artists are now being courted by museums. <laughs> Their work is rising in price. <laughs> right, and, that's important uh, too. <laughs> and a lot of, you know, uh, artists influence them. Like you take a Curry James Marshall, uh, Titus Gaffar, and Adam. They're influenced by the work of these artists who started all this in the um those artists who were in the collectives, like the Afrocobra artists. But their work is also being shown um, in a big show at the Tate Modern that in London that just opened last week. Mm-hmm. So they're now getting international attention, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of ironic, actually, that the museum was uncomfortable with protest art or, or political sure. art when... The, the, the most significant piece you have, as far as yes. I'm concerned, is the Rivera, yeah, the Rivera. murals, which which are are a statement of a protest of their own. They're not maybe overt oh, or yeah. or uh, well, people, garish protest, but they are they oh, are a sure. statement of protest. It's definitely there. But and they were also, controversial when they were painted. I mean, a lot oh, of people sure. in the city didn't think that was uh, a exactly. great Exactly, and that's true for the work of so many artists, but you even take a great Spanish artist like Goya, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure Salvador would agree, yes. our director, <laughs> that uh, you know, well, we, even though he was really a court painter, he also did work yes. that expressed his political concerns mm-hmm. at the time, his worry about his country. You know, Saturn devouring his children mm-hmm. is one of the most frightening paintings I ever saw, especially yeah. when I was young. <laughs> right. You know, so they did it too because, you know, they're human beings and yeah. they care what happens to, you know, their people. Right, right. So it, it's a similar thing. We often forget, I mean, the Impressionists were considered radical mm-hmm. when they started doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And they were considered as well even political. We forget that. Right, You know, right. now it's also accepted. And it's almost, it's almost uh, uh, worth wondering 50 years from now what Sure. What uh, part of the art world that we're uncomfortable with or that makes us a little squeamish ends up being part of the mainstream and displayed in places like the DIA? Yeah, I think some some of those uh, fears might, uh, my hope is that they diminish. Mm-hmm. They may still go on because I think anything really new and that makes people think and challenges the status quo makes some folks very uncomfortable. 
uh, a wonderful thing about working on this project, though, is that we had this partnership with the Charles Wright Museum, uh -huh. mm -hmm. and we want to also keep that up in the future. Yes. But uh, Salvador, our director, and Juanita got together, and you know we uh, sort of traded, exchanged ideas, uh -huh. but also you know we we formed um, focus groups and advisory committees to help uh, both. Um, curatorial and education teams to develop our exhibitions although each each exhibition is distinct it's and complementary sure. yeah. but that was um, that was uh, very enjoyable and very exciting yeah. and we hope to keep that up yeah Okay, Valerie Mercer, curator of Art of Rebellion, Black Art of the Civil Rights Movement at the Detroit Institute of Arts open Sunday and runs through October. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much, yeah. Steve. Thanks yes. for your interest. Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. If you missed any part of today's broadcast, you can, of course, go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts and download the Detroit Today podcast so you can listen to us whenever or wherever you like. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. Associate producers are Gus Navarro and Rhea Basha. The Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. See you tomorrow.